Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. podcastone.com and iTunes. Hope you all had a great week and thanks for joining me for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast as I have just made my way back from, well, as usual, a trip somewhere. I'm always going somewhere, it seems like. And this time around, just came back from a little recreation. I went down to South Florida and spent some time down there and then over to Tulsa Started in Hollywood, Florida at the Seminole Hard Rock, where I always have a great time, great facility, a facility that is under some renovation right now. They're actually building a whole new area in the back. It's going to be this massive sort of mall and brand new hotel tower, beautiful place down there in uh, Hollywood, Florida at the Seminole Hard Rock. So stayed there for a few days, of course, uh, caught up with some friends and um, my good friend, Mike Piazza, former MLB player, Hall of Famer. Got to have dinner with him and spend some time with him. Don't get to see him as much anymore now that he's retired. Used to do my radio show all the time, but he's retired living down in South Florida. But spent a good couple days with him, catching up a little. And uh, just a good time down there in, in South Florida. And then went over to Tulsa, where this past Sunday I hosted a show at the Ideal Ballroom that had Warrant and Firehouse. Good show, good turnout for a Sunday night. Always a great time there in Oklahoma. And in the Tulsa area, where I have so many friends now and have been so many times, and it's, uh, it's it was a great, great time. My thanks to promoter Doug Burgess and his company, DEB Concerts, for having me out to host. I'll be back out there again December 1st, hosting a show with Lita Ford and Jack Russell's Great White. So if you're in the Tulsa area, be coming back your way again very, very soon. Looking forward to that, as always. So that was good, man. It was a good seven, eight days away on the road. Came back, got back into the swing of things. And now, as you're hearing this, in a matter of hours, I'm getting ready to fly to New Orleans, where I have not been to New Orleans in 30 years. 
And I'm going there because uh, this weekend is a big music festival called Voodoo Fest. Not a lot at Voodoo Fest, to be honest with you, for rock fans, a smattering of rock bands, the biggest of which being Prophets of Rage and also uh, Foo Fighters. So they've got a couple big rock bands there, but it's not all rock. It's a very eclectic mix of music. But I hear it's an amazing event. Halloween weekend in New Orleans should be quite a trip. And I will be there uh shooting an episode of this TV show that I've been teasing with you guys for a while that will formally be announced very, very soon. They held off on the press release, but it is coming soon, and it'll start premiering and airing next year. But clearly, as you figured out now, this being the fourth episode I'm taping, we are doing shows from music festivals, and Voodoo Fest being the latest one. So if you're in New Orleans, I'll be there this coming weekend. I don't know how much of my audience, quite frankly, is interested in the lineup that's at Voodoo Fest, but should you find yourself there, I don't think I'll be in costume, but I'll be there walking around. <laughs> and uh, you'll see me with the camera crew, so you'll be easy to find me. So that's where uh, that's where things are at. That's the latest. That's what's been happening in my week in the last week. There's been so much going on in the world of music. A lot of cool stuff that's been sent to me. The The first two Montrose albums have come out in special editions. Been loving listening to them. The new Sons of Apollo record is finally out. Enjoying that. I just got a tremendous book. As you know, I'm a Kiss fan, and I, uh, I'm i going to be appearing at the Atlanta Kiss Expo on January 20th. And Lynn Goldsmith, the noted photographer has released a kiss book of her photography from 77 to 80. Some amazing stuff. The book is put together incredibly well. Really been enjoying that. I'm going to be having Lynn on my Sirius XM volume show actually this coming Monday in the studio to discuss this book. Got my rock and roll hall of fame ballot. It's amazing to me how many people do not know the difference between the nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and those being inducted. I can't tell you how many people have said to me, oh, hey, Eddie, man, finally Priest is in. Finally Bon Jovi is in. <laughs> they are just nominated, folks. They are not inducted. Now it goes into the hands of the voters, which I am one of. We cast our votes, and that determines who actually goes in. The fan voting, not surprisingly, at the time I'm doing this podcast, which is October 24th, the fan voting is being led by a fairly wide margin by Bon Jovi fans. In the number two spot would be the Moody Blues, which I I found the Moody Blues surprising. I did not find Bon Jovi surprising. Whether you like the band or not, they have a huge global following. Very important, though, to always tell people the fan voting really, really, really doesn't matter in the end. All of the fan votes, whoever wins, just counts for one extra vote for that artist. So it's not a huge swing. Fan voting alone cannot put someone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Certainly doesn't hurt, but it does not. It's extremely rare and unlikely that that would actually be the the determining factor. But still... Cool to see, and we'll continue to track that. I'm going to do the same thing with my ballot that I did last year for my voting, and I'll do it on the air 
on my volume show and let you guys help me fill it out. So if you listen to me each and every day on Sirius XM Channel 106 volume, you can hear me doing a rock talk show Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, or you can grab those on demand each day as well. Uh, You can engage in the conversation with me if you listen during the live window. Most of the interviews you hear here on the Eddie Trunk podcast originated on my show, which is called Trunk Nation on Sirius XM 106 volume. So speaking of interviews and speaking of this podcast this week, my guest is, I just mentioned his band Prophets of Rage, Tom Morello. I did my volume show from L.A. a few weeks ago. Tom was nice enough to drop by. We had a good conversation. Tom has become a good friend over the years. When I go to L.A., we sit around, we talk, we get together, we have some drinks. We love talking music. I've known Tom for a while now, and like I said, we are friends, but we never, ever get into any other talk but talk about music, which is the case on this podcast that you're about to hear as well. I know that Tom is is an activist and has very strong feelings and strong messages in the things that he does, and that's all well and good, but my world is music, and that's what we always talk about, and Tom is a huge music fan, and especially a huge rock and metal fan. So good conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. A lot of people actually heard about this interview happening on my volume show when it aired live and missed it or didn't have Sirius XM and said, hey, we'd love to hear the Morello interview. Can you get that up? So Wanted to fast-track that a little bit and get it on for you this week. Like I tell you guys all the time, all of these interviews I do, many of which make big news. I mean, I'm doing six live shows a week for SiriusXM, so I can only put one a week here on the podcast. So there's four or five a week that you're missing if you don't get SiriusXM and the volume channel, which is 106. I hope if you don't, you will join me. And, uh, and come on over and, and interact and get involved live. But I'll bring you the best of them here each and every week when I can on the podcast, as I will this week with Tom Morello. Also want to remind you that um, I've got an Amazon storefront. Please have a look at it. It's pretty cool. If you go to Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk, you'll see items I've hand-selected to be in my Amazon storefront. You can go there and you can pick and buy some of the items that I personally selected to put in my store. Or if you don't want to, that's fine too. You just go on and shop to other areas of the Amazon site from my page. But please start on my page, amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. And take a look at some of the things that I talk about on this book. Like that, uh, or I should say on this podcast, like that book that I just mentioned. The uh, Lynn Goldsmith Kiss book. I put that up there on my store. Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Start there. Go to Amazon from there each and every time. That would be greatly appreciated. Like I said, the Morello interview I have for you this week. I hope you guys enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. We talk about all sorts of stuff, including Tom's current band, Prophets of Rage, and, of course, some old-school stuff in the world of rock music as well that we are both so passionate about. Got a lot of upcoming appearances. As I mentioned, they are on my website, eddytrunk.com. I urge you to check that. Trunk Report is my blog. Music news updated daily on my site as well. And like I mentioned, the social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, where I'm most active, Instagram and Facebook. Upcoming appearances include Houston area, Brookshire to be exact, Parfest, November 11th with Don Dockin. 
back in Tulsa, December 1st, IDL Ballroom with Lita Ford and Jack Russell's Great White. The Bomb Factory in Dallas for the Metal Holiday Special, headlined by Ace Frehley, December 16th. And at the Atlanta Marriott for the Atlanta Kiss Convention on January 20th. Take a look. All the information, links to buy tickets are all on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. All right, and uh, when you're there, go to ET's box office. You can enter to win tickets to a lot of cool shows, most of which are, uh, are in the New York City area. They include a perfect circle at Barclays Center in Brooklyn, November 2nd, Lynch Mob, B.B. Kings in New York, Skid Row, November 18th, Gramercy. Also coming up, Skid Row at the uh, Starland Ballroom. November 8th is the Gramercy Show. More shows as well. My buddy Jason Bueller of Saigon Kick doing a solo show in New York City, American Beauty. That's happening on December 8th. Alice Cooper dates coming up. Have a look on eddytrunk.com. Coming right back with Tom Morello, my guest on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, if you're looking to buy a car, what do you want? Well, you want to make sure that you're getting real pricing on actual inventory, don't you? Unfortunately, a lot of times this just isn't the case. People tend to configure cars online. Only later they find out that they're not actually available. Well, with True Car, you get real pricing on actual inventory. It's not pricing offered by True Car, but pricing from an actual dealer. And not just any dealer, but a True Car certified dealer carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want then TrueCar will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and now you know what a fair price is so you can feel confident over three million cars have been sold to true car users by the true car certified dealer network so over 13,000 True Car certified dealers nationwide, and you'll work directly with a True Car certified dealer contact. True Car users, well, they're more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with True Car certified dealers. And True Car users, well, they save an average of over 3,000, yes, $3,000 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. The Serial Killer Podcast, hosted by me, Thomas Weiberg Thune, is the podcast dedicated to serial killers, who they were, what they did, and how. Join me as I sit down bi-weekly to bring you, dear listener, into the dark land of serial murder and psychopathy. The show goes into graphic detail on the most infamous and lesser-known serial killers from around the world, with each episode covering one unique serial killer. So far, the show has covered serial killer superstars, such as BTK, Jeffrey Dahmer, and the Yorkshire Ripper, and lesser-known killers, such as Elias Abuelazan and Anatoly Onoprienko. Be advised, this show is not for children, as it takes you deep into the twisted world of ultimate evil. You can find me exclusively at podcastone.com or on the new Podcast One app. Also, don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All 
All right, we're back with the Eddie Trunk Podcast and my guest this week. And again, this interview, like most of the interviews, come from my SiriusXM show on volume. This is a recent visit and a recent hang that I had on my volume show, Trunk Nation on SiriusXM 106, with Rage Against the Machine, Audio Slave, Prophets of Rage, guitarist Tom Morello. Enjoy this, everybody. And now I welcome in a man that... uh, well, I was drinking some whiskey with them on Saturday night in Louisville. My good friend, Mr. Tom Morello. I won't deny it. Hello. How are you? That was, a, that was some good stuff we were drinking. Yeah, it was a nice time. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I actually took a note for what that was because <laughs> I want to have it when we it was a fine. The- it was a fine kind of metal gathering there. Yeah, Do you think yeah. the rainbow sells that stuff we were drinking? I guarantee you it does not. There's a 100% certainty it does not. You know not. that was 114 proof? Yeah, I know. There was Kentucky. No, it, was in, it was in Louisville, Kentucky. No games there. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. games. So you know how, how did your show go? Because I couldn't stay for yeah, the show. You but were there you for played- like the Aussie night. No, it was great. We uh, headlined the next night at Louder Than Life Festival. And it was awesome. It was a, uh, you know, ton of people we played with uh incubus and rise against open up and they're great bands we had an awesome and stone sour as well it was a super great bill profits of rage out there rocking it what do you make of all these festivals man there's so many of them now and now that you're you're pretty active with them with profits yeah, Rage yeah, because yeah. you're out there playing them i mean yeah. you, you think it, i love it's it a good I'm, thing right i love it i mean i i, I, I could care frankly could care less kind of from a business standpoint like the, the whether it was rage or audio slave or profits of rage it's music that's built for a big space and i there's nothing like that feeling of looking out of that ocean of people going absolutely crazy so the more festivals the better for me you you mentioned i never actually asked you this you uh i haven't seen profits of rage live yet but do you do any audio slave in the, in the we show we do uh we do um like a tribute to Chris, we play uh, this uh, like a stone and let the audience sing it with kind of like the empty microphone in the middle, and it's a, you know, it's a way to kind of both publicly mourn and celebrate the great Chris Cornell. Yeah, yeah, and I read some uh, some stuff from you saying that you and. Chris, before his death, had had some conversations about doing more audio. Sure, we, I mean, we, the, Audio Slave took twelve years off, and the last time we played, the only time we played in you know twelve years was in January at the anti inaugural ball here in uh, in L A. And we played three songs, and had it was so great to see him, and it was so great to play with him. And afterward, it is literally his last words to me: "I had such a great time. Let's do that again. Let's figure it out." And I was like, uh, "I'm down." So we we're going to try to figure it out. Were you guys in in regular contact? Yeah, much? yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you know, we had taken some time off, but we I had played a, like a night watchman show with him in Seattle, and uh, and you know, we were great friends. And it's a it's a real shame. Yeah, it really is. But I mean, the the amount of people who have celebrated him, even I mean, even Guns and Roses has been doing Black sure, Hole sure, Sun. I sure, mean, it's sure, really sure. amazing. To yeah, see. he's a very 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 important person in the history of rock and roll music. And my in my view, Chris Cornell redeemed hard rock music. Like you, I grew up on hard rock. And I I loved the metal riffage and whatnot, but I couldn't always get behind the lyrical content, whether it was about kind of like misogynist lyrics, sexist lyrics, or whether it was about devil lyrics. I never connected with that. What Soundgarden did, along with Jane's Addiction and Living Color, I think those are the three bands that took all of the aggression and heaviness and power that I loved from Kiss to ACDC and Motley Crue, and they had a deeper poetic, like, smarter content to the lyrics that made me connect with it more and Chris I think is almost singularly responsible for that Yeah. in addition to his beautiful hair and great voice and (laughs) rock godness (laughs) his rocky normity of greatness Mm -hmm. Living Color just opened for you guys at the Apollo yeah they did yeah it was great I mean that's that was uh, super fun we've known those guys for some time they actually took Rage Against the Machine out on tour in 94 or something like that really yeah so we've been friends for a while it was great to play with them and they have a great record out by the way called Shade I just um, I, I, I was 
uh, texted Vernon about it because they're in, they're in England now. I think they're out overseas, but they've they for people who haven't checked out this new Living Color album, it is killer. It's yeah. uh, really really good records. Great so, band, great players. Good they dudes. are and good dudes. As I was saying the other day when we were talking, obviously Vernon and Corey are the the guys up front, but man, that rhythm section is on. Sure, yeah. I mean, they're they're really like deeply talented players in both sort of metal, jazz, and whatnot, and they have got a lot of skills. And you know, you a second ago you mentioned Jane's Addiction, and the last couple of times I was here doing the show from L.A., Navarro was in with sure, me. Sure, yeah. And he, you, you, I think I'd mentioned because we went out one night, and yeah. I said, you said, who, you said to me, who'd you have on the show? And I said, Navarro. And you, you yeah. said, you started telling me how important Jane's Addiction was Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You had just moved here, right? Yeah, I just I moved to Hollywood in 1986, and it was the height of kind of like the hair metal craziness and you know and i came out here with a you know suitcase filled with spandex and shirts with zippers and you know like 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 leather bracelets and but i didn't yeah i didn't rock in long hair then i had like the uh, first i had the full-on jerry curl like the rick james (laughs) i was trying like in my black body was trying to be like as david lee like tony mcalpine was like the only like like, (laughs) vantage point that you could look at like wait what about sound barrier your boys sound barrier yeah they had like the they they had they froed it up. I wanted to go. I wanted. To, I was aiming more crew than I was that. Yeah, and it was. It was. Uh, it, it. It didn't work out. The hair didn't work out great for me. So anyway, I was unable to. You know, sort of connect with the local rock and metal scene because I didn't look the part. I just didn't look the. Frankly, it's just because I didn't look the part. I would call up these ads in the paper and you know talk with the bass player on the phone. He's like, oh, we have some of the same influences. You know, great. And I you know check out their ads and I'm like, ah, oh, this may be a little too glam for me, but you know, I'm just trying to find my way in the music world. Then the manager would call up and just straight to the point, we've look, we've got a lot of interest from uh, you know, agencies and whatnot. How long is your hair? I'm like, well, my hair's not that long. He's like, well, we're not really we there's an image thing, we're looking for a particular thing. Like you, you haven't even heard me play. Like you don't like I could be Jimi Hendrix and you wouldn't know because you're not gonna have me down. He's like, Would you wear a wig? I'm like, I'm not gonna wear a friggin' wig. Real read that's a true story. Would you wear a wig? I'm like, I'm not gonna wear a wig and I'm also not gonna be in your band. So Jane's addiction was the was saved the scene here in Los Angeles. It was divided along like La Cienega Boulevard. And everything to the west of La Cienega was the hair metal sunset strip business. And Gazzaris to the, and all that. and to the east were bands that I had never heard about before I moved here. It was it was Fishbone and like Red Hot Chili Pepper was just kind of graduated from that scene and it was a band called Jane's Addiction and they when I got a hold of a bootleg cassette of theirs it it changed my life in the same way that the Sex Pistols did in the same way that Zeppelin did I couldn't believe that there was a band that had that kind of heaviness and riff rock power with beautiful poetic deep lyrics and it was like kind of they were like a punk rock Led Zeppelin in a way they had sort of the acoustic the light the, the, the light and the shade and one of my favorite bands of all time so uh, that made the mark on when when you before you before you came though from Chicago, uh, to move to from Chicago to L.A. Yeah, were you playing in bands in Chicago? No, I was at Harvard. I was at going to Harvard. Oh, I was going to school you didn't in have Boston. A band on the side or anything? No, I played in like cover bands at Harvard. Like I was in these Ivy League kegger bands, you know, playing Prince cover songs and whatnot for keggers. Right. <laughs> Interesting. But then I would like I would sneak Ozzy into the set, and these were like, <laughs> I mean, other man is like, you know, you're playing like a gig at, you know, the Harvard Science Center keg party. You can imagine like how wild that gets, and and I'm and I'm literally wearing span like striped spandex, one stripe leopard print, one stripe black, <laughs> with a bandana tied around my thigh, playing Randy Rhodes licks to the, just the befuddled, you know, science majors. <laughs> 
Was there any other uh, metal fans in Harvard? There, you know what I found? You know, like a lot of times at college, they have uh, there'll be you know the French table or the physics table where you get together regularly with people and speak French. We had the headbangers table. No, really? No kidding. And found enough dudes, and we would go down to uh, Kenmore Square and check out local bands. There was a local band that was our favorite called Extreme who was a baby band playing wow. in Boston with a 16-year-old Nuno Betancourt, who was at the time like the best guitar player in the world. Wow. So you saw the early yeah, extreme yeah. crazy club shows. Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. those are legend. How, they, absolutely. How I, I couldn't were. believe it. I mean, I really couldn't believe it. There was a this high school kid who was, you know, I was a fan of Ingve and Steve Vai and this and that, and I was like, that, this high school kid's as good as any of those dudes. And what's crazy is if you watch, if you go see Extreme today, yeah. they're still that good. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, they yeah. really are still that good. The same energy, the yeah. same vocals and the harmonies. Nuno is still a beast. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Tell me about the evolution of Prophets of Rage. Sure. Because you and I hang out, and you, you when I come out here, and you'd mentioned it to me kind of a little bit yeah, yeah, in passing yeah, yeah, once yeah, yeah. we were drinking or whatever, and yeah. you're like, yeah, we're, I'm putting something together. But right. then it just kind of hit. It right, seemed like right. it just kind of showed up. Right. So, I mean, first of all, I, I find all the time people may not even know what it is. Prophets of Rage is a band that I'm in with Timmy and Brad from Rage Against the Machine, Chuck D from Public Enemy, and DJ Lord from Public Enemy, and Be Real from Cypress Hill. That's one That's Six dudes in one band that you know from Rage, PE, and Cypress. Uh, and we who put it together? Who was the guy who called? I, made the initial I, call? I was I was watching. This was during the election cycle in 2016, and I just thought that it was there was such craziness, and it felt like the world was going off the rails. And it was specifically I saw a news headline that said Donald Trump rages against the machine. I said, Oh hell no! Like you. Where was that? Was that in print or on TV? On TV. It was like maybe CNN or something like that. Uh-huh. And and I just thought. You don't get that. (laughs) That's not what we had in mind. So I, you know, I very furiously tweeted about it. And then I thought to myself, this is, this is not, this is not, it's not enough to hashtag about what's going on in the world right now. We need to bring out the big gun. So I called Tim and Brad and I said, basically it's kind of like the close friends who rock great, who have an interest in making the world a more decent and just place. And those are the, those are the hands that went up. It was Tim and Brad and first Chuck and then uh, Be Real. And everybody said we're in. Everybody said we're in. Because when you do something like this, I mean, obviously, Tim and Brad, you have a, a great history with, mm-hmm. with both Audio Slave and Rage Against mm-hmm. the Machine. So that's, I imagine that's like a, a brotherhood bond sure. that, that has been there. But when you put something like this together, I mean, you, you're dealing, did you know Chuck and, and Be Real yeah, well? Yeah. yeah, I mean, Be Real, it was in the first ever Rage Against the Machine video for Killing in the Name in 1992. He's in the video. He was at the show. Oh, wow. And Cypress took us out uh, in 94 as well. Rage opened up for Cypress. Public Enemy was the first group to ever take Rage Against the Machine on tour. We did like a college tour in the early 90s. And so we've been friends and musical comrades of those guys for a very, very long time. And it was Public Enemy and Cypress Hill that were the two principal hip-hop influences on Rage Against the Machine. So we have a long history of both like respect for them as artists and personal friendship and they were the ones that they were they're like let's we're, we're down let's do this so we rehearsed in deep for months okay first of all like if you're a fan of any of those bands you might think oh that looks great on paper well something looking great on paper and something sounding great on stage are two very very different things sure so we got in a room completely locked down in secret for months deep in the valley to like see if this can work like can we how does this group play rage against the machine songs how does this group rageify public enemy and cypress hill tunes can this group write songs together um and then the unveiling was i think it was may 31st 2016 the whiskey we went on k-rock that morning and just said we're a band 
It's these dudes were playing tonight at the Whiskey, and a couple days later played the Palladium, and a couple days later um, uh, announced a U.S. tour. So you built it very much like you just kind of like put these seats in place, you played yeah. these small shows, yeah. and then d- did you do that because you were wondering, you wanted to feel it out and make sure it felt right no, before no, we you had, wanted we had, to take we had, a full plunge? We or? had kind of the whole thing locked in, and it, what, we didn't just play small shows. I mean, the first eight shows we played, um, we gave away 100% of the proceeds to homeless shelters and food banks in the cities. The the uh, the third show we played was on Skid Row in Los Angeles. We right, played I remember a show. that. Yeah, then we yeah. played at a prison in Southern California at Norco. We played at the protest at the RNC. So we wanted it to be, it's not like, hey, here's a super group and we're coming to capitalize on festival season. It had nothing to do with that. It came together for like this, what was going on in the country. And for people who haven't seen the band live yet, like me, you are doing you're doing stuff from everybody's respective bands, right? That's correct. As well as a new record you That's just put correct. out. Yeah, we just put a new record. I mean, here's the thing. like We're a brand new band in some ways, but we've played in front of two and a half million people in the year and a half we've been together before our first record came out. So we've done three continents, you know, like fully rocking it out, and then we made a record. We went in with Brendan O'Brien to make this album. And, you know, Brendan, who's done some of my favorite records by other people and some of my favorite records by m- me and my friends, um... And it's been awesome. I mean, now we're now we've got you know a year and a half in. We've already played in front of over two million people, and we've got a record out that we love. Uh, Brendan O'Brien did the Stone Temple Pilots record. Sure, he did. Early he, on. Yeah, he did. He engineered like the Black Crows and Chili Peppers records. Did the STP records. He did Rage, Evil Empire, and Battle of Los Angeles. Right. Did the Audio Slave record. The reason why the reason why I bring up the STP record though is because those guys were here yesterday and they just did something where they went into Henson and put up all the tracks for Core oh, cool. for the first record with Brendan wow. O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know Brendan O'Brien, but mm-hmm. they were showing me. Uh, excerpts of the video that's documentary sort of deal they're doing and he was just cracking them up like he was a real joke he's a comedian man that's i mean it's it's a he's a great producer but he's a better comic that's what they were saying (laughs) they were just like he's a real character yeah yeah yeah, i I definitely gotta i love interviewing producers i gotta get him on the show i'd love to do something he's a little little press shy i'll tell you oh is he yeah yeah is he a little langish or not he's not trying to do interviews but he (laughs) so he's not he's he's a great hang he's a great next next time we're recording i'll i'll ask you down you can sort of see the magic at work yeah i would like to because i'm i love getting those behind the scenes stories from guys but there's really no one, you know, well, I've made records with a lot of people, but Brendan, he comes from an engineering background, and he's a great player. Like, if if you make a record with Brendan, he's probably the best guitar player, bass player, drummer, and singer in your band. You know? Oh, like, he's, oh, really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and so he has that. He, he commands that kind of respect, but also his engineering, he engineered all those, a lot of those great Rick Rubin records, you know, right. where Rick is kind of like the the guru but brendan's the one that makes them sound like that right um and so you just go in with a complete confidence that your record is going to sound fantastic you just kept uh, uh uh focus on capturing performances with this record too like a lot of times records these days are laptop rec it's laptop rock right you know where everybody emails files to pro to, tools to, exactly whatever, right? and, and no one's even in the same city when they're making a record right this we made looking each other in the eye um, you know, the whole band in the room with Brendan, and that's why, you know, this record, we want to make a record that stood shoulder to shoulder with some of our best work. Were you kind of in a space where you wanted to be in a band again at the time that Prophets, like, in other words, if if the if Prophets of Rage wasn't mm-hmm. driven t- to assembly because of what was happening in yeah. the political world, were you coming, because up until Prophets of Rage, you were kind of doing 
a, a bunch of different things. You were yeah. doing solo shows, Night yes. Watchmen. You were playing Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. Yep, I mean, yep, yep. some amazing stuff. Yeah. You played with Ozzy. Yes, people yes. may not know you played some Ozzy shows. Yes. All amazing stuff. But were you at a point yeah. as a musician where you're like, I wouldn't mind having a band? Again? I got to tell you, I was a little gun. You know, I've been in bands for a long time. <laughs> I mean, from from high school, and and I had kind of. Felt had worn out my kind of personal emotional welcome being in bands, and but like this has been such a rejuvenating experience. I was like, we've got to do this because the times demand it. And then I found that I loved being in this band; that it was every it was fun, it was uh, collaborative. People like people's like egos were left at the door because it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of people who have a lot of experience, have made a lot of records and a lot of hits. You know right. what I'm saying? And everybody was just like, we're just brothers in a band let's rock it out and it's so much fun it has made me feel great about being in a band again right right i mean so so because that's an important thing you were kind of cool with being the very, tom morello very, jumping around and very doing different cool stuff that. yeah very phone cool. was ringing and doing a a, a a wide range of music yeah very cool with that yeah yeah i mean that's a, it allows a kind of uh freedom and you know, no band meetings. <laughs> Which is the, like the, if you're not in a band, you don't know what that is. No, but band, I, band meetings are, are rough, dude. <laughs> um, and but but no, but honestly, like so, I was I was honestly a little gun shy when we went into this. I'm like, we need to do this. It's very important. But is it going to be okay? And we did the the Make America Rage Again tour in 2016, and I had a ball. Like right. I loved it. I was I we had a great time before, during, and after shows together. And I couldn't wait. Then we finished that tour. Uh, you know, we played mostly sort of the catalog material during that that tour, and afterwards, we were like, "Well, that chemistry felt great playing shows. We rocked a lot of people. Can we write a song?" So we went in the studio, and I was a little trepidatious about that too. And we went and we wrote ten songs in two weeks, and it was low hanging fruit, and it was I couldn't wait to get to rehearsal the next day to write the next jam. A lot more to talk about with Tom Morello, and we'll let you call in as well and join in on the conversation. When we come back, Tom, I want to talk to you a little bit about what I'm talking to everybody about, which is a couple things. First of all, the uh, the very sad loss of Tom Petty, which was announced yesterday, and um, and get your take on that a little bit. Of, let's get a little Tom Petty stuff from you. And also the uh, just horrific scene from Vegas and what happened there and how that plays into what goes on with you know, with music and, and playing live out there. We're all in these settings all the time, whether yeah. we're fans or players yep. or working or whatever. So we'll touch on that a little bit and some other stuff with Tom, also on Prophets of Rage, and we'll let you call in as well. And I, I got to get uh, – I want to get something from you too before we have to we run out of time on playing with Springsteen and playing with Ozzy. Sure. Because um, that in, – in and of itself, the fact that I just said yes. the same guy yes. playing guitar in have, Springsteen yeah. and Ozzy. Um, yeah, how many guys do you have on your show that have played with like Wu-Tang Clan, Bruce Springsteen, and Ozzy Osbourne? <laughs> I'm guessing not many. <laughs> oh, oh and, had Ra- and was a founder of Rage Against the Machine. Throw that on top. It's a pretty, pretty rich, good resume, Pretty rich, rich resume. Harvard man. would be proud. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with more with Tom Morello. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Bluehost, ladies and gentlemen, the top-rated website provider. They power over 2 million websites. So you could just be a blogger or a small business owner. Whatever it is, Bluehost has everything you need to build the website you've always wanted. Bluehost is the best tool to build, host, and manage your personal or small business website. They give you the freedom to design your website your way without being limited by templates. Bluehost makes hosting your website stress-free so you can get back to what matters most. 
simple enough for beginners, powerful enough for even the most advanced users. Ultimate flexibility and control with fully customizable templates and third-party app support. True reliability. We're talking 99.9% uptime guarantee and automated updates. Maximum security, including malware monitoring and protection and automatic secure WordPress installs. 24-7 tech support, online resources, and expert services to help you succeed and save time. Bluehost, they are the top recommended WordPress host on WordPress.org since 2005. Check this out, Eddie Trunk listeners. You can save 50%, 5-0, when you sign up at Bluehost.com slash Eddie Trunk. Get your website humming, folks. Bluehost, B-L-U-E-H-O-S-T dot com slash Eddie Trunk for 50% off. Hey there, I'm Victoria Shade, and I'm the host of PetMD's Life with Pets. Now, this is a fun, all-about-dogs-and-cats kind of show where I get to interview subject matter experts, answer some listener questions, and help you become a better pet parent along the way. Now, we've had some really amazing guests on the show, including My Two Cents host Bill Engvall, who told me all about his amazing dog Jake, and Adam Carolla, who gave me a crash course in all things Phil. You can listen to PetMD's Life with Pets exclusively on Podcast One, the new Podcast One app, or Apple Podcasts. And guys, it would be a huge help if you could rate and review the show so other people can join the pack. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Back with more with Tom Morello on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Tell everybody this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this a great awesome. game. Play this with your rod. There's two games you can play like with your friends when you're hanging out. But one of the rules, like when we have we have like Monday men's metal night, sometimes <laughs> at the rainbow, some <laughs> other places. But the rule is like what is said at that table stays at that table. Because you want everybody to be really like honest, but sometimes you're talking about like your friend's band. So so yeah, like, the, like if you ever watched did you ever watch Get Smart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. the cone of silence should come down it's over the table. It's a total cone of silence because you want to be able to fully enjoy like the honesty of talking, but without, but you know, without hurting anybody. What was so, those games? So there's that we one. Played, there's, there's, there's two. There's two, so there's, two there's two great games. Uh, one of them is called MVP Weak Link. So in this game, you pick any band in the history of rock, and everyone at the table has to identify who they believe is the most valuable player of that band and who's the weak link of that band. There's only one rule. You cannot abstain. You can't be like, oh, Zeppelin has no weak link, man. You have to name someone as the MVP and weak link. Um, and that's it. And then you go around and you argue about it. Then the other, And it gets pretty ferocious sometimes. <laughs> A bunch of 50-year-old guys yelling yeah, at each yelling other. Yelling at each other because, you know, Richie Blackmore, this and that. Uh, and then, and How then the, dare you say Francis Buchholz yeah. is the weak link of Scorpions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It gets pretty heated. Then the other one is uh, Mount Rushmore, where you take any topic, like, like f- the worst guitarists in a popular metal band and then you have to name the top four the mount rushmore of best singers of all time worst you know worst metal singles of all time greatest hair greatest pants in (laughs) you know metal history and it gets uh gets pretty interesting i'm gonna do the mvp weak link game on the air with the audience one of these days oh you should when i have a show with no guest which happens sometimes i'm gonna do it because I'll just let them do it. Of like, course. I, I'm not going to. Of course. They can of take course. the bullets. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> the weak link part gets pretty, oh, it's brutal. pretty brutal. It pretty is brutal. brutal. We, I think, I forget who we, when we were doing that with, I think they even, 
I think they even turned – well, the, the, the one rule, because outside of me, most of the time when we're together, it's like yourself and the others are musicians. Yes, yes. So the one rule is you can't do your own band. You can't do your own band. Right. You can't do your own band. Right. Yeah, because then – yeah, you can't do your own band. <laughs> It's so bad. Yeah, <laughs> you could, but and you then couldn't. There are, and no, and then there are some bands like you know, but but to me, it's clear. Sometimes the MVP and the weak link are the same person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ponder that. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, on a more serious note, uh, t- uh, any experience or history with Tom Petty beyond being a fan? Yeah, I you know what? I didn't. I didn't know Tom Petty though. I was a fan. I remember, you know, growing up. Tom Petty was huge in Chicago. I mean, that was it was absolutely huge. And my tastes ran a little heavier than Tom Petty, but I always had a respect for. I loved like the um, jams like "Refugee" and "Won't Back Down" and the duet he did with Stevie Nicks. There was an honesty and authenticity to what he did, and also his story of how he, you know, he in a lot of ways in the record industry raged against the machine. Mm-hmm. Like he was a guy that had his own path and. They tried to kind of mold him this way and mold him that way, and he really was his own artist and a really like good guy. Um, it's a it's a tragic law. I mean, he's one of the uh, cornerstone staples of classic rock, and for four decades, his music's been interwoven into you know American culture and the world's culture, and it's just a it's a it's a tragic loss. Yeah, it is, it's and tragic. his records sound sonically amazing too. Yeah, like just, even if you listen to Breakdown and the really early stuff. Just, yeah, yeah, just that's a great jam. Yeah, just, it's so jam. it's so good. I mean, there's great just jam. so many songs, and obviously a, a tragic tragic loss. You mm. know, yesterday when I was doing this show and I came on the air, it was in the middle of a news kind of getting out with, about Tom sure. Petty and the, a lot of conflicting information about his status at the time that I was on the air. Yes, yes. And of course, now we know he is he has indeed passed away. But the other big story, as I signed on yesterday, was what happened in Vegas. Sure. A city that I love and I've gone to so many times and a place that I've actually, that end of the strip in Mandalay Bay, I have a good friend there that I've stayed there so many times. And I was yesterday when I was talking about this and, 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 and just kind of... Um, you know, sending my condolences out to yeah. what, now more than 50 people who died yeah. and over 500 injured. Yeah. Chuck D, who's now your bandmate yes. and a, a loyal a loyal member of Trunk Nation. Yes, I'm he, lo- to he say. loves you, dude. <laughs> and he, he called in. He yeah. called in on the request line, and we talked about this a little bit. And I said, I don't know if there's – when you've got somebody who is clearly you know, a, a deranged guy, yeah. I, I don't know what – what could be done here? Yeah, yeah. In, in a, in a well, city a deranged, that's so a, wide open. Yeah, he's a like deranged Vegas. guy who has access to you know automatic weapons too. It's like he's not just the right. He's just deranged, you know. Um, you know, and it, it is a it is you know everybody's the the initial inkling is you know which is natural and is right to send out some you know thoughts and prayers to those because it's, it's a course, tragedy right. and it's and it's so and it makes you as someone who plays music for a living like. I was just thinking, like, nowhere safe. Like, literally nowhere is safe. Um, but, you know, are we willing to examine how to make it more safe or not? You know, it's like the, the NRA's got politicians locked down, and you can't even discuss what might be ways to make deranged people keep them away from automatic weapons. Like, that's a taboo topic, you know? Right. Um, well, but the weapons, he, and I'm not I'm not 100% clear on this because I haven't heard enough, but yeah. the weapons he had, yeah. weren't most of them illegal? I, that I don't know. I that I don't that, know. Because that I believe I they were illegal weapons yeah, 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 that he yeah, had yeah. access that I don't, to, however I don't know. he got. That I don't know. But, but the, the, the question from a musical standpoint is, 
and I was just talking with uh, Josh and Stevie from Buck Cherry who were mm-hmm. here before you, and I was posing this question to them. And Josh's attitude is, listen, because I said you're hell profits are rage. What you do, I mean, you're 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 stirring the pot. You're a politically sure. charged band. Sure. You're playing all over the world. Uh, and I asked those guys, they said they've had issues out there on the road with certain groups protesting sure, them, lyrics sure. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, their attitude yeah. is just like, you can all, you can do so much and then you just have to go live your life. Exactly. I mean, where exactly. do you I stand mean, on yeah, that? I mean, you're you're, on the, you're the, on, the, the only place you're you know safe except from meteor strike is, you know, is in your home. And I'm not going to be caged up in my, you know, right. for the rest of my life. Um, you know, we take what, I mean, it's always been a priority for us to like keep the, the audience as safe as possible you know fans and friends first that's the way we look at it um and to make them as safe as possible this day and age like that's no one would even i mean it's there's always like these new ways to harm people but i mean we're, we're like there's been so many mass shootings in the united states you know there's there's huge ones like the other day and there's smaller ones regularly it's like there's there's a pathology in this in this country and an access to you know guns that can shoot a lot which is a really dangerous formula and i don't know what the i i don't know what the solution is to that but at our shows we try to make it as safe as possible for everybody but we're not going to stop like we're not going to end rock and roll right, you know because something like this happens right, you know? right of course uh tell me about playing with ozzy i don't think a lot of people sure. realize you played yeah. with ozzy. yes you're rocking uh, an ozzy randy road shirt uh, right Rhodes now t-shirt baby. today your yeah. son's name is Rhodes. that's is it correct not? Named, named after, after randy, randy Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah, my firstborn yeah and uh and you had the distinction to play with ozzy played a few shows with ozzy when he was doing those ozzy and friends shows and uh you know i got the call from um sharon and she asked if you know i would be down to play a couple shows i'm like i'm like i will stop anything to do i was those records were so both the sabbath records and especially the first two ozzy solo records were so formative to me as a lover of rock music and as a guitar player like randy rhodes was the poster on my wall when i was practicing eight hours a day like that was for me the ideal because he was to me I never I didn't know I couldn't really relate so much to rock stars but I could relate to musicians and he was a person who was a dedicated musician you know and as you know your listeners may know on days off on the Ozzy Osbourne tour Randy would go take classical guitar lessons right. in shops from so anyway like that really appealed to me so the idea to be able to stand on stage and play Mr. Crowley with Ozzy Osbourne was just a, a dream come when, true when was the first time you heard Randy Rhodes was it with Ozzy or did was, you know was, Quiet Riot no no it was no it was it was, it was uh, hearing Crazy Train on the loop in Chicago and I was in a car with a bunch of my new wave friends and they were like oh we're we arrived at the house and I was like no one moved like what is that riff the first time I heard that crazy train riff I lost my friggin' mind and you can uh, say fucking on this you show. can't okay oh, yeah. <laughs> i don't know yeah, can't. i don't know like i'm protecting you from fcc <laughs> fine you know, i want you to be able to buy drinks at the rainbow next time man so i don't want, I don't want to <laughs> exactly. bankrupt you hey i got a parking ticket man in this town oh really 54 dollars yeah, yeah wait were you ready for this because i was like two inches yeah. out of the line they gotta pay the bills here for like the you know oh yeah because west hollywood's just <laughs> falling apart without my 53 dollars i'm sorry about that God. i'm gonna see if a, a serious xm let me expense that uh, I'm going to try to push that through. But, I apologize. Um, but what songs did you play with Oz? You played oh, Crowley? We, yeah, we played a you bunch. You played of, the whole set? Or no, you... not the whole set. It was, it was about, it was about you know, it was maybe f- four or five Sabbath jams and th- like uh, 
Bark at the Moon. Mr. Was it just you when you were playing, or was Zach and everybody else out no, there? No, it was. There was not. Say it was. During, it was the Gus era. Gus G. It was, it was Gus G era, who's a great guitar player. Um, and it was Ozzy and Friends. So like we'd all come out at the end. It was maybe for one of the shows. It was me and Slash and Navarro. I think you know who came out for Paranoid at the end. But I'd have my part of the set. You know, Gus would do most of the set, and I'd come out for a few songs. So Slash in your part, where you're the sole guitar player, what yeah. did you play? Oh, geez. Uh, you played Mr. Crowley? Mr. Mr. Crowley, uh, uh, Bark at the Moon, um, NIB, uh, Iron Man. I mean, just like it was, Is it, it was cr- like practicing. I'm at my, you know, I'm in my studio in my house practicing these Ozzy and Sabbath songs because I'm going to go play with Ozzy. <laughs> Friggin' nuts, dude. And, and when you Crazy. went, when you went for those solos, like when you went yeah. for Mr. Crowley, yeah, 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 which yeah, yeah, is yeah, of course yeah, Randy, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Bark at the Moon, which yeah, is Jakey yeah, yeah, Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you approached yeah. those solos, did you was your intent? Because I haven't heard you do it. Was yeah. your intent to to be completely faithful to yeah. him? Or I mean, because one of the things about your guitar playing yeah, 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 and you're yeah. a great player is you're yeah. you're very unique. That's when correct, you hear yeah. Tom Morello, it's Tom Morello. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's no. I, I thought when you when you play those solos, like I'm the reason why they're having me on the tour is because. Not because I play in a Ozzy Osbourne tribute band, you know what I'm saying? So I would, I, I try to get in the mindset of a Jakey Lee or a Randy Rhodes, but then be myself in that mindset. So you I had put to go some of and, yourself into yeah, those but solos. I had to go out there and shred, dude. I had to go out there and like let I got all that. Like I, I, it, it doesn't always come through in you know the work with Rage and obviously, but I that, when I was practicing eight hours a day, I was practicing Randy Rhodes solos and scales. So I, I got to see this. So you have, you that. must have video I of it. I think it's on YouTube. I got to see YouTube. it. I want to hear how you approach yeah. that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, because yeah. I would, th- as much as you have to stay, you're on sacred ground with those solos. You, I also would be intrigued to see your interpretation. Sure, of them. sure, sure. I think sure. that's what would make it yeah. unique and cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. could go to Guitar Center and find a lot of kids that could exactly. play note for note. Ex- exactly, exactly, exactly. Though there was uh, there was one like dangerous moment in the. Um, in the it was Voodoo Fest a couple of years ago. Where Slash and I did the show, and and so the, the the Ozzy was changing the set during the set. So some songs were coming and going, and you know we kind of come and go, the guitar players kind of come and go during the set. So you don't know when you're going to be playing and when you're not. So the one thing that the, the crew guy says he's one thing. The one thing he always cuts is "Mama, I'm Coming Home." So it goes from. Iron Man, then on the set it says, Mom, I'm coming home, then you finish with Paranoid. So we think we're going to rock Iron Man, then we're going to stay out there for Paranoid, right? So we finish Iron Man and getting ready to play, and he just starts going into Mama, I'm coming home. So <laughs> so we're like, I, I don't know that one. Like, I, I didn't learn that one, dude. So so me and Slash just kind of skulk off stage, and we're sitting, and we're sitting like right, but not, not side stage, but like Back behind the stage, and we're sitting there, and I'm looking over to the side of the stage, and one of the one of the the crew guys is losing. He's like he's gesturing wildly, and he's mouthing things like he's he like there's a big problem, and I I'm like I can't hear you. There's a you know there's a mama I'm coming home is really loud, and he's losing his he's panicking, and what what had happened? Finally, finally he creeps over to us because apparently if you're the crew guys you can't cross the stage. It's like it's bad news. Slash and I were sitting on the pyro. Oh, we were sitting on the pyro. Oh, and and and, and, and and like so. In that and, case, you should break the rule and crawl across the stage. Exactly. Run! You're about to blow up Slash and Tom Morello. Like, come across the yeah. stage. Yeah, take the heat from Ozzy <laughs> and Sharon. Really, yeah, 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 it's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it all worked out. We didn't blow up, but <laughs> clearly, we were, yeah, we uh, there was. 
there was oh a moment where we were in danger gosh. of blowing up. Yeah. And the same thing with Slash. I mean, I would his his playing style. Yeah, he's not doing note for note on he's those not doing Sabbath sh- songs. Shred yeah. stuff yeah, yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't. He's think. being he's being him. Yeah, yeah that's what him. you you would want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and tell and you you toured with Springsteen. Yeah, for about two years, I was um, uh, uh, an ally of the E Street Band. And I mean, you were telling me the other day when we were talking when we were hanging out is uh, Springsteen just. A guy for his age, yeah, just in ridiculous shape. Yeah, he's sixty-eight now. I think he just had a birthday, so he either just turned sixty-seven, sixty-eight, and uh, yeah, and he just takes it, being able to watch his. I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, and um, but being able to watch his commitment to excellence in every area of life is a very inspiring thing. Because we, you know, we played. You're playing shows in South Africa. You're playing shows in in Des Moines, you're playing shows in Berlin, and sometimes I would see, like, the same fans at all those shows, because people travel everywhere to see this thing, but even that being the case, the person who is most excited to be there that night at that show is Bruce Springsteen. Mm. Like, he loves it. And um, and my probably my favorite guitar solo that I've ever played on any stage, any record, is uh, uh, the song The Ghost of Tom Jones, right. which I did with Bruce um, a number of times. Yeah, which is killer. And, and I mean, you, same deal. You in the street band, you're sure. doing Tom Morello. Sure, you yeah, You want to yeah, bring yeah. what you bring. Yeah, which yeah, is, exactly, yeah. But was, it, was that a risky thing in a band so classic based like yeah. the East Street band well, for you to come like, do I, your like I, res- I respect that but you know I, I'm a first of all the Eastern band doesn't need me to be great you know <laughs> like, where, where, who was not in Nils well no when I when I first it was a uh, little Steven he was doing his show Lilyhammer right 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 and so well, uh, first of all I just jammed with the band a few times we played Ghost of Tom Joe then it would be two or three songs here over the course of some years I would just guest from time to time then when Steve was away uh, doing Lilyhammer I did an Australian tour and it went so well while we were in Australia we we made a record. We made a Bruce Springsteen record. He was inspired by what was going on. Um, and then just kind of kept going. Steve came back in the band. I just stayed. So, uh, but no, I'm, I'm very respectful of that material. And it's also, you know, there's, there's a lot of people on stage in that incarnation of the band. So, you know, like I sort of understand my role is like, make sure you know the songs. Like on the, on the last U.S. tour, we did 34 shows, 182 different songs <laughs> in 34 shows. My gosh. So, like, know the songs, and then when Bruce gives you the nod, blow the roof off the place. Wow. Amazing. And you're still in touch with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During a commercial break, you thought he was calling uh, (laughs) I'm looking forward to He's on Broadway. I think his Broadway show starts tonight. Yeah, that's like a crazy ticket and crazy run. You're going to go see one? I would love to, yeah. Yeah. I don't have plans to right now, but it's going on for like five months, so... I, I have the Dio bowling event is this Friday, which is the reason I'm in L.A. to host it. And the last couple of years, Tom has bowled with me on my team. And last year we won. Yes. And John Five was on the yeah. team. And John has a zombie gig, so he, he can't be there. So I replaced him with Sebastian Bach this mm. year. And as a condition of Sebastian being on the team, he insists that tomorrow night I go to his house and listen to Kiss and other bands, but predominantly Kiss records, on vinyl with yes. him and drink. And he lives... Uh, he drives a hard bargain. In the valley. So they, he told me it's a deal breaker. If I don't show up and do this at his house, he will not bowl <laughs> on Friday. So tomorrow I will be at Will uh, you be Sebastian's. able to stand up on Friday is the question. That's, uh, no, yeah. the question is what condition will I be on to do this show Thursday ah, morning, yeah, the yeah, next yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, maybe that's where you do the uh, uh, MVP week link. You, you kind of <laughs> hand it over. Yeah. Hand 
it over to the audience. Right? But Tom lives not far from the area we're talking about where Sebastian yeah. is and where the bowling is, so I'm going to try to rope you in to come by as well. Dude, you got to play the German version of The Elder. It's unbelievable <laughs> on vinyl. Uh, it'd be too Oof. funny. So Oof. anyway, the Dio event is Friday. If you're in Southern California, pins in Studio City, great cause. Every penny goes to the Dio Cancer Fund. There it's will a be a super fun night. Super, fun, super night. fun night. And if you're just in the area, you just want to come. But if you want to be on my bowling team, we're doing something different this year. I'm actually we're auctioning off a spot on my team. And uh, the sixth person on the team, you can be the bowler with us and go to eBay uh, there's links. I, I don't. If you search my name or Dio Bowling, it'll come up. But you'll see there's an official auction. The high bidder gets to bowl on my team Friday night with Sebastian, with Doug Aldridge, hopefully with Tom if he can make it. And all the money raised in that auction also goes to the Dio Cancer yep. Fund. So go to eBay. I think there's maybe 24 hours left on the auction. I'm I'm really excited because. KLOS, the local rock station yes. here in Southern California, who refuses to air my weekly FM syndicated show. I've been fighting with them forever to put it on. It's not. It's not. It's not a um, uh, legitimate fight. You know what I'm saying? I'm just yeah, pushing yeah, the buttons yeah. to get it on. They're auctioning off a spot on their team, and my my auctions are like nearly double. Oh, are they? Are they? Are they at the event? <laughs> they're doing a lane. Yeah. Oh, they're doing a so lane. They're auctioning oh. well, off a spot with. Well, that's a very, You got a, the competitiveness. I mean, you got a. What what the team should do? This is my because I, I like I like showbiz. Is the two teams should have a wager between each other, and like the losing team has to donate X amount of money oh, to the cause. Maybe next year we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've just busted chops things. because I want to push both auctions, obviously, because yeah, yeah. the money is uh, all for the good cause. So, yeah. all right, let's uh, let's finish up with uh, with Tom and a, and a few uh, few phone calls from uh, from you guys before we have to wrap up here for a Tuesday from Los Angeles. This is uh, Ricky in Maryland. Hey, Ricky been a while how are you man i'm good eddie how about yourself great great we were short on time here so we got a lot of calls go ahead man awesome man thank you for taking the call uh hey tom how you doing brother hey how are you what's up i'm good uh i, I gotta tell you uh my condolences man uh to to the loss of your uh, brother and bandmate uh what an amazing guy that was man he was the modern day i mean everything I mean, since Jim Morrison, I mean, that, that's how big he was. His music, his life, his, his glow was totally yeah. amazing. And uh, there's not a day, and Eddie will vouch for me, man, there's not a day that his name isn't brought up in my household. Sure, yeah. Chris was a and, great dude and a, one of the all-time great rockers. And thank you for being a part of that audio slave era, man. You, know, like you guys made rock and roll stay alive during a time when people were doubting it man you guys carried that right torch. On. you really you were a big right part Thanks. of that and, and uh, i hope to see and meet you one day brother i look forward to it yeah all right ricky thank you i've said this to tom before i'll never forget when that coach's video came on shit blowing up and rocking like that and i was like wow this is like at the time that came out yep. i was like yeah now we got yeah. some <laughs> this is what i'm talking <laughs> about uh this is brian in chicago hey brian How's it going, Eddie? Tom, it's really a pleasure. Uh, What's up, Tom Chicago? Tom Dad did at uh, right hometown. Yeah, the Soli did on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, Always with the uh, with, yeah, <laughs> the solo. You mean the Bruce Springsteen goes to Tom Jones solo Hall of Fame? Yes, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I never saw Bruce actually jam as much as he did along with you, and that solo you did will go down in infamy. I mean, it was incredible. I know. Oh, thanks very much. 
other sorts of it, but I don't know. That night it was just electric. It was just, I mean, really yeah, something I, special. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with you. That was one of those things where you know, one and one plus one equals seventy five. Like just something happened on stage that night, and it was. Uh, it was pretty. I had actually, you know, this was the this. You saw, it was an HBO special. It was the twenty fifth anniversary of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you know, most of the performers were people who were in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Not me. I just was like, Bruce asked me to play a song, and I didn't even really know what the event was. He said, "Do you want to play with me at Madison Square Garden?" So I just kind of showed up with my guitar play goes to tom joe and i'm looking oh well there's metallica there's you too there's you know bruce springs there's you know crosby stills and nash it was like super crazy but anyway right. um it was uh, one of my favorite nights one of my favorite you know seven minutes of music right there thank you brian for the phone call speaking of the rock and roll hall of fame this year's nominees are going to be announced the bands that are then thrown that's, to the yeah, voters that's correct uh and that's coming out i think thursday something like that yeah the fifth Some, i think something like that yeah, so and tom is Tom is very active in the Hall of Fame, as I said many times. Uh, Tom's the guy who made me, got me to be a voter. And Tom, I mean, your, your the induction speech for Kiss was just oh. absolutely killer. Well, man. thanks. You know, I've pushed, I pushed hard for Rush, for Kiss, for Stevie Ray Vaughan, for you know, every year, just trying to uh, fly I mean, the flag. You're absolutely one of the guys. Why there has been improvement there for sure. Yeah. So uh, let's say hello to Greg, who's listening to us in Texas. What's up, Greg? Hey, Eddie, always a pleasure to talk to you. Tom, it's an Thanks, honor, man. sir. How are you? Hey, I'm well. Nice to talk with you, sir. What's up? Uh, two quick things. Uh, of all the hundreds of concerts I've been to in my life, to this day, the, the greatest pit I ever witnessed was with you guys in Rage returning the second album in uh, Houston. It was a thing sure. of beauty. So Sure. I, I remember that show. I remember that show. <laughs> I remember the Evil Empire show in Houston. I do. I do. <laughs> it was, uh, it yeah, was we've had a... We've had a lot of good pits, and that was a real good one. <laughs> I'm glad you survived well, listen, it. Uh, it was a, it was amazing time. And speaking of amazing, the new Prophets of Rage is, in my opinion, the best release of 2017. So congratulations oh, on that. Th thanks, man. We're having a lot of fun with that. Well, I wanted to ask real quick, and I know you got some other callers, Eddie, but can you just give me a quick synopsis as to the writing process for the first record? How you and Be Real and Chuck sure. kind of divvied it up? Sure, sure. It was really, it was the most fun and collaborative writing process with a band that I've had since the first Rage record. Everybody came in with a lot of ideas. You know, you know, one day Timmy would come in with some riffs. I'd come in with some the next day. Brad's beats would change the whole thing around. B and Chuck would say, identify parts that we came up with is like oh that sounds feels like the chorus to me it was really like like so when you first put a band together and you're doing it like for the joy of making music together there's no expectation other than you want to make a song that you all love well my thanks to tom morello hope you guys enjoyed that interview always fun talking with tom and i'll be seeing tom this weekend actually in new orleans at voodoo fest finally going to get a chance to see his band there prophets of rage looking forward to that Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Remember, new episodes every Thursday of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, free, as always, podcastone.com and iTunes. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. I'll see you next week for another all-new episode.
Hey everybody, it's Shaq. Have you had a chance to check out the number one podcast on Podcast One? That's right, the Big Podcast with Shaq. Me and my co-hosts John Kincaid and Rob Jenners, we have a blast with way more than just sports. We have the biggest guests from entertainment to the NBA. I promise you've never ever heard a show like this. The Big Podcast with Shaq with the new episode every Monday at PodcastOne.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.